the word is harmony. In Ayurveda, we talk about harmony. When we look at our businesses as harmonious, when we look at our lives, we are the leaders. We're the CEO and leaders of our families, our lives, our businesses, ourselves. We, from an Ayurvedic perspective, start the day with the question of, what do I need? What do I need today? What is happening today? What's working? What's not working? And how can I nourish myself in this work? Because otherwise, what are we doing this for? I've lost so many people now. I've now had students who've lost children. I've had students who've lost spouses. I've lost students 40 and under, over. It's not a joke. So if I'm going to wake up and rush through my life and be so focused that my worth is because of the success of my business, I've really missed out on the life stuff. what's going on. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. You may have noticed that so many of the women I've been bringing onto the show lately are talking very openly about their challenges, changing seasons, transitions, or self-doubts, and really identifying how they got and continue to get through it all. Meditation continues to be a tool that so many of them identify as one of the foundational ways they stay tuned into who they are, what's important to them, and how to continue doing the best right thing for them. Whether you've been meditating for years or perhaps you're a relative newbie, check out the guided meditations on the Meditation for Women podcast. These are meditations I've created just for you. I would love for you to take a listen to the Meditation for Women podcast and use it as your own personal library of guided meditations for the exact message that you need to hear during all those ever-changing seasons and transitions and moments of your life. Just search for Meditation for Women on the podcast app that you happen to be listening to this show on, or go to meditationforwomenpodcast.com. Pleasant Saliki is all heart and soul. She is formally trained in Ayurveda, a teacher of yoga, and uses those principles to build a life that she loves every single day. She was a former school principal and then owned her own yoga studio for many, many years in the D.C. area. And now she helps women build lives that they love using the foundational teachings of Ayurveda and yoga. She's a dedicated mom, wife, and change maker. I asked Pleasance to come on the show today because she came into the Biz Women Rock Academy earlier this year and ran a masterclass about knowing our cycles, our menstrual cycles, the lunar cycles, and our natural ways of being because of these cycles and how they can have massive impacts on not only how we approach our businesses, but the results that we're getting. The masterclass continues to be one of the most popular that I've done in the academy. So I brought her here so that you can dive deeper into that conversation with us. Warning, 
If you are already contemplating skipping this episode because you're thinking it's a little too soft, I promise you there are very real and practical applications to the concepts that we are discussing. And it will make complete sense the moment that Pleasance starts giving you examples of how tuning into ourselves shows up as helpful or harmful in our businesses. We discuss how paying attention to your energy levels during the month will help you plan your days, your weeks, and your months for maximum productivity. The three doshas. This is a word that Pleasance refers to a lot. And doshas are energies that circulate through your body and govern physiological activities. And we talk about how knowing them will help you plan for and maneuver through every changing season in your life. We also discuss a phenomenal question that Pleasance is always asking herself when she's contemplating big and small decisions. I love it. She asks herself, is this serving 80-year-old Pleasance? This is such an awesome conversation and you don't want to miss it. Beautiful Pleasance, how are you, my dear? Hello, Katie loves. (laughs) Oh my God. I feel like I really want you listening to feel how much I really want to be hugging Pleasance right now. (laughs) I consider you a soul sister. You are somebody who I met and fell in love with and felt so connected to literally right away. Like the moment I like laid eyes on you, it was like love at first sight, the whole like Tony and Maria scene from, (laughs) from the movie whose name I can't remember, but you know what I'm talking about? West Side Story. <laughs> West Side Story. Thank you. That's how I feel about you. Like the world disappears and you and I... Same, same, same. You're going to hear this throughout our conversation. There is no such thing as small talk between Pleasance and I. Yeah. Like we immediately, <laughs> immediately go to like soul deep conversation, purpose, universal life, like all of that stuff. Yeah. What's the hardest thing you're going through? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Let's talk about your biggest pains and oh, but this is exactly why I wanted you on the show because I want to bring who you are and the amazing combination of soul and brilliance and strategy to the Biz Women Mm -hmm. Rock community who I feel crave so much of that and are that beautiful combination of soul and strategy and living a purpose through our businesses. So for those who have never met you before, have never had the pleasure of seeing you across the room and everything else going hazy, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about in this moment, a little bit about your business, a little bit about who you are? Yes. Thanks for having me on. I love you and I feel <laughs> the same way. Okay. So... I always get stuck with this, like the intro, because I'm so multi-passionate and I've done so many business trainings for so long that I know this should be really succinct. And I know this should be like the clearest thing, but I just love life and I love business and I love motherhood and I love teaching. So currently I consider my day job is really a deep dive into wisdom tradition. So Ayurveda, yoga, meditation, Buddhism, Eastern philosophy, and integrating, connecting wisdom traditions with modern science. So positive psychology, the neuroscience of well-being, healing at a cellular level, integrating those so that you feel awesome in your life. So sometimes it's under the coach role, sometimes mentor, I teach at a university stress management. So sometimes it looks that blending together, teaching and writing and learning and studying to help up level all of our lives. That's what I do every day, all day. And I love it. It's the most fun, interesting 
authentic to the actual human I am kind of work I could be doing. And I love that you're saying that because it's going against the face of, oh, you need to know exactly your specific niche of what you do and how you do it. And that's all you ever talk about. And I love the word that you use, the multi-passionate, because I feel like so many of us are so multi-dimensional, obviously. Yeah. And being able to incorporate all of those things in what you do. Now, I'm not going to say that you're not clear about how you help people. You're very clear yeah. about how you help people. <laughs> And this is what we're going to learn about today and how you can be really go with that flow. But one of the ways that so many people are working with you is through your Thrive community and your program where they can come in and really use all of these tools that you're talking about to really step up their game in life and actually experience like a joyful life, right? And so you're bringing all these tools to the table in your unique way that you do so that they can progressively go through that program and experience a thriving life. Yeah. And I, I want to be really clear about something because I know that your community is a mix of women who are probably interested and passionate about starting a business and have maybe not pulled the trigger yet or have a side hustle and women who've been in business for a long time. I've listened to your podcast. I know there's extraordinary women. I learned so much from them. So for the women who are just starting out or who are side hustle... I don't know a way where you can be as vague as I am in ways and be successful. You have to understand that for eight years, I owned a yoga center in DC. Okay. So I was all yoga all the time, family, prenatal, postnatal. We had this amazing community. Prior to owning the yoga studios, I was an elementary school teacher and a principal. And I used the same skill set from being a classroom teacher and an administrator into creating my yoga center, pulling the thread, pulling the thread. Now, 10, 11, 12 years later, I'm able to have passions and connections because I have a list, right? Like I'm very also, let's be practical. Yeah. You can't lay around in la-la land and be multi-passionate and cross your fingers that you'll have clients, right? I mean, you right. have to have done the work. And so I feel very, very, very fortunate. And I'm very mindful that I'm able to have clients and build connections and groups. You know, I had over 50 teachers at Little Ohm. I had a staff of seven part-time employees. We had thousands of students. So I was running a very large organization and learn leadership and development and business development through running my studios. So I was able, when I closed, I had private clients. I had people enrolled right away. I wrote a book to really help me make that transition to mentor, coach, leader. And now as I get more gray hair, I feel more of the elder. I'm able to soften because I don't have to hustle so hard because I've really been consistent for so many years and showing up. And so I want to acknowledge that it's a journey. <laughs> I yes. know that's so cliche, but it really is. It's evolving. And I think it's important to remember that there's so much of the story beyond just right now, what we're seeing, you know? Yeah. I think that's a really important piece to share. You know, I talk about seasons and we had Leslie Durso on here, vegan chef a couple months ago, talk about like, she's cognizant about the fact that she's always in the middle of the journey, which is beautiful. That being said, I really want to hone in on this idea that I really know that you are an expert in, but also are an example of, which is being able to understand your own 
energies and your own personal individual flow of your body in your seasons, like what's actually going on in your life in order to apply that to what's going on in business. And even in the example that you just gave, that's such a good 30,000 foot view example of like, Hey, I've gone through all these different seasons of my own business and therefore can show up in accordance to whatever that season is like. But you and I have talked about that on the... Even a monthly type of... Like real physical cycles that we women go through yes, that help us better plan for our businesses and help us better step into what we're doing to be the most productive and best version of ourselves in our businesses. So I would love to start the conversation around... Explain what that even means. If I'm saying like, Hey learn how to better manage your woman's cycles for the maximum productivity in your business. Like that's a really nice title, but like, what does that actually mean? Yes. Okay. So I'm obsessed with this topic because I think that it is such a divine gift to our business and our own lives. When we start to pay attention and trust in that abundance, in that time, in our showing up for ourselves and our work. And we start to see at what times of the month, does writing come naturally? When do we want to be having meetings? When do we want to be doing planning and layering it with the wisdom traditions that I was talking about earlier? Okay. So I teach mostly now from an Ayurvedic perspective. Okay. But a lot of current teachers are teaching Ayurveda, which I love and appreciate from the clinical perspective where they're talking about food and mood. Awesome. We need it. Great. FYI, I'm also a holistic health coach. So I've always got that kind of wellness like lens, but I'm not a green juice fanatic. That's what I like to say. <laughs> I eat potato chips and I love coffee. So there. Got it. In Ayurveda, we have... It is a wisdom, life science, life knowledge that sisters and pairs with yoga in the more holistic sense. It's basically looking at the seasons and cycles of life and seeing the patterns over all of these thousands of years and saying, okay, well, what are we doing? What are the elements in our life? And how are they showing up in all ways? So the five element theory, which most people have heard of, Chinese medicine also comes out of Ayurveda and they've done a great job of talking about five element theory. But the five elements are air, ether, earth, water, fire. And so in Ayurveda, we put those together. We see people and energy as patterns and habits that are grouped together. So I'll give you some very specific examples. Vata dosha is windy air. It's the fall season here in Washington, D.C. where I live. It's cool. It's always moving. Vata dosha tends to be your friends and family who are always running late they don't have a good sense of time. They're all over the place. Okay. They have lots of great creative ideas. No follow through. Okay. Got it. Cause it's just like that windy air, always moving. Exactly. Yeah, got it. Hard for them to sit down, hard for them to stop talking, hard for them to focus. That is that Vata energy, Vata dosha. Moving down, we have Pitta dosha, Pitta fire. All of us who are running businesses, wait, all of us who are running successful businesses, <laughs> <laughs> good clarification, yes, have a large amount of pizza. We have all of the elements in us. All of us do. This is what we're made of, but we have dominant traits, right? And qualities. So pizza is fire. And it's also the element and the qualities of transformation. Hmm. When you're moving through something emotionally, 
in Ayurveda, we don't separate food digestion or emotional digestion. Digestion is digestion. So pitta is when we're moving through things, we're talking about digesting emotions. So if you've had a really hard client call, they're really resistant, or you had a customer who's really angry, we want to use awareness to digest that. We don't want to hold on to that and then react and then yell at our kids or our spouse later because we had an angry customer, right? Yes. We've all been there. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So there's pitta, right? I love it. And I love that these are you can give practical experiences about how that shows up and the value of that. Love it. Totally. That's why I think Ayurveda is amazing. And this beautiful, beautiful art and science that relates to all of us all the time. That's why it's such a magical tradition to know for running a business. Vata, air, wind, pitta, fire, and then kapha or kapha, depending on how you translate, because I, this is Sanskrit, which I don't speak. So my teachers say different. <laughs> Nobody speaks it. We just read it. So kapha or kapha is the earth. Here in DC, it's springtime. It's wet. It's dense. It's sticky. And it's also consistent and loyal. So I also say that successful businesses have a tremendous amount of kapha because they show up regularly for the stuff that has to get done. Grounded is what keeps coming to me. Exactly. Rooted, grounded. Yes. Yes. It's those weekly rhythms and flows. So when are you looking at your books? When are you doing your marketing? When are you writing your emails? When I was running a yoga center, I can't tell you how many friends I had who were studio owners who did not have that Kafic element in their planning of their week. And when they went and got audited from the IRS, their books were all Vata, all over the place. Movement, papers, because they hadn't built in. And that earth is the trust. For me, in my business, I've been building out a really deep, intense course that's taking time. It's taking months. And in order to get this course done, because of my values and priorities in my life with my kids and my schedule... I have a block on my schedule every week that has the name of the course. And every week, I'm going on eight months now, I show up for this course for two hours and I do the work on the course. It's not sexy. It's not all over Instagram. It's not bringing in thousands and thousands. I know it will in the future. But right now, I just show up every week for the course. And do the work. And do the work. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Got it. Okay. So you see how they all work. You see how they're all working together. That is a very shallow, tangible layer where I just want you to start looking for that. So this hustle mentality that is in our entrepreneurial world is all Pitta, right? Yeah. And Pitta imbalance, I am out of balance, imbalance is burning a candle at both ends. Yeah. All of that imagery around burning out is because of too much Pitta, Mm. right? We don't operate that way. Look in nature. We don't have pitta, 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 pitta all the time. There's time for on and there's a time for relaxing. There's a time for... Just, you know, you started to mention this with like how DC is looking right now. Like in the fall, like we see this in nature in all of the seasons. There's a time for blooming. There's a time for... There's a time for summer, lots of sun and openness. There's a time for things falling and starting to die. In the winter, there's a time for things being dormant, Right. 
Yes. The brilliant thing is that when you start connecting, which I really believe is what Ayurveda does, yes. when you start connecting those seasons and those ways of being in nature are exactly how we work and you can start seeing them in, in your life. And that's what you're talking about. Like literally step number yes. one is just take inventory of how you're working and what you're doing and how you show up. Yes. What ends up happening is you start seeing like, it's not the end of the world. This yes. isn't the end all be all. Like that's the ultimate thing that happens is you get taken out of this. There's only one solution, one direction. And if you don't do it all right now and you don't totally maximize the momentum that you're having right now, you will forever be doomed to not have a successful business, right? Like you start seeing, no, there's actually seasons of this. There's actually waves. Yes. And then once you get that, then it's about how do I maximize the seasons and the flow and the energies and the opening and the closing that's naturally already happening within me. Yes. And I would say that the word is harmony. In Ayurveda, we talk about harmony. When we look at our businesses as harmonious, when we look at our lives, we are the leaders. We're the CEO and leaders of our families, our lives, our businesses, ourselves. We, from an Ayurvedic perspective, start the day with the question of, what do I need? What do I need today? What is happening today? What's working? What's not working? And how can I nourish myself in this work? Because otherwise, what are we doing this for? I've lost so many people now. I've now had students who've lost children. I've had students who've lost spouses. I've lost students 40 and under, over. It's not a joke. So if I'm going to wake up and rush through my life and be so focused that my worth is because of the success of my business, I've really missed out on the life stuff. Once we learn this, once we integrate this, once we practice this, we don't have to separate. We can have our cake and eat it too, which is what one of my mentors always says to me. Pleasance, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have a successful business and an awesome relationship with your husband and your children. Yes, You can show up for them. You can be there for yourself. And my self-care is my utmost priority. It's not a joke to me. And that's what Ayurveda is. It's about self-massage, self-love. We always say in Ayurveda, a tree is a tree, a squirrel is a squirrel. A tree is not trying to be a squirrel. A squirrel is not trying to be a tree. Pleasance is not trying to be Katie. Yes. I get to love Katie because I love Pleasance. Yes. yes. <laughs> and that, my business is so successful and always is and continues to be and will continue to be. Because you're not trying to be anything else. No, I'm just following my season, my cycle. And now I turned 40 this year. My kids are older. I'm in a new season. I am now on that elder side, right? Like, especially traditionally where over the hill and all that ridiculousness. But like <laughs> now I just think I'm raising a 10-year-old daughter in this world. What a privilege. How much deeper can our connection be? And getting to show her, I have the privilege and honor to show her that we can do really, really, really good work in the world and make money and be a great mama. That to me is just like, that's it. That's the magic secret sauce. And it comes from nature. It comes from harmony. It comes from trust and paying attention to what is happening around us and seeing it from that energetic perspective so that we can pay attention when we ask that question every morning, what do I need today? What's happening today that we can ebb and flow with what's real? Too much kapha looks like 
lethargic, tired, not really taking any action. A kapha imbalance would be depression, something like that. And on the other extreme, the vata imbalance is that anxiety is that cannot get a routine or a rhythm. And the pitta gets so obsessed with the way that it should be or the goal that it loses sight. This is my favorite prescription for pitta. So every dosha has prescriptions for pitta. It's sweetness. Stop and smell the roses. Literally is what an Ayurvedic doctor or clinician would say. If they see you're on fire, they would say, stop and smell the roses because rose is so sweet and it really forces you to pause. And immediately those pittas just fill with love because they Mm. know that life is sweet. That's what we're doing. You know, we know that. (laughs) If this is resonating with you at all, which I'm sure that it is because you're a brilliant woman listening and you're like, yeah, I totally see that connection. The very first thing to do is really take an inventory, right? Like really like take notice of when do I feel what? Just like those foundational questions that you were asking. So walk us through what this might look like and what things we would want to keep track of during maybe the first month or two of us really starting to take notice of what are our cycles? What is happening with a lunar cycle? And we can talk about a little bit more of that. What's happening with my reproductive cycle? Like, I mean, they're very real physical things. So take us through what some practical actions are that we can use to start getting more in tune with our individual ways of being. So all of them linked and are layered. And each of us has our own unique journey with our own cycle, postmenopausal, premenopausal, perimenopausal, and our moon cycles. And so I don't have blanket, everybody should do this because yoga and Ayurveda, actually, that's not how we teach things. It's very individual. So my suggestion is get a journal or a few journals. I have a few. I have one I keep in my purse one that I keep in my meditation center in the morning, one that I keep next to my bed. Little, I use like cheap CVS composition books. That's what I love. I'm super simple. I don't make it a big fuss. More simple, the more likely I am to use it. And then I buy fancy pens that I love. Just do things that you love that you're really going to use them. So I keep these journals around. When I was starting really tracking this and paying attention, keeping them around so that I could... What is happening in the moon cycle today? Is it a full moon? Is it a new moon? So traditionally, full moons are wild, you know, big boobs, big bellies, like all of us <laughs> dancing in circles together. And right. we'd be wild, we'd be out, we'd be under that moonlight. Most of my clients have insomnia at some point around the full moon. When I'm talking about moon cycles or female cycles, I'm talking about 24 to 48 hours, usually before or after. So it's not, this is the way. It's, there's lots of ways. What's happening with you? What's happening with you? How's that working for you? But lots of women have insomnia around full moon cycles. If that's you, please don't schedule your biggest live event (laughs) when you're going to have trouble sleeping for three to four days before, especially if you pay attention, start paying attention to how the moon cycles affect your life. Give yourself three to six months to really check in. Don't do it after one month and say, oh, here's what happened. No, we need more data. We want to experiment for longer. Right. You want to start paying attention to see what you like to do. If you are feeling uncomfortable in your skin, in your home or your business around full moons, give yourself some space and grace. 
go to a dance class that you don't normally go to go take yourself to a women's group. There's lots of full moon circles and drum circles and things like that in cities now and seeing them more and more, but do something to honor the sacredness of the full moon that really feels into that wildness. Sometimes I just have to get up and like go for a walk around the block, have my journal there, just get some of those bigger, more like full range of emotions want to come out (laughs) then. Yeah. Okay. So then the opposite of that is the new moon, right? So there's the other end of the cycle is the quiet, reflective, maybe you're more tired. Maybe you just want to curl up in bed with your computer or some tea or a book or nothing, just yourself. The new moon is very sacred for self intention, discovery, grief, loss. It's dark. It's a dark sky. So it's grief. It's loss. It's sadness. It's personal. It's the stuff we have to go through alone. And the processing of that. Yeah. And the digesting, as you mentioned, like really digesting through stuff that really resonated with me. Like, oh my gosh, like how many of us have really been through... It doesn't have to be something super dramatic, but it could be. Or if it's just like, hey, I'm thinking about this new thing in my business and I don't really know and I kind of need to sit on it, right? I need to like really digest it. I need to really process it through. And as it relates to that time, the new moon time, then again, it's sort of like practical things in business for productivity. Like don't be planning big events or... no programs where you need to be on and in front of a lot of people during that time. If you feel you and I have had this conversation before and you've explained it to me like full moon, open expansion, you're out, you're social, you feel connected to everyone around you versus new moon, which is contraction and being quiet and being alone. And the beauty and the practicalities of knowing how you are during all of these, just in this specific example of these lunar cycles is being able to then plan things accordingly that are going to maximize the results that you get. And most importantly, how you feel and how you're showing up to doing all of them. And the biggest part for business, since we're talking about business, I love that we can do this here. Because a lot of time I teach this stuff and I can't use that lens, right? Is that when you start to see this every month, you trust it. Experience equals confidence. So when I wake up and it's new moon, or we could layer in the female cycle, the first day I'm bleeding and I'm totally exhausted. I don't push through. I go to bed. You know where to give yourself grace and you trust that it's going to come back. I trust it. It always proves to be the path to the most authentic, successful. My teaching is more potent. A bunch of my students have been talking about this because I said, you know, a lot of them have been with me for years and years and years from yoga classes to now retreats and that kind of stuff. They said something's different. The potency, the power, the authentic writing for content creation, it doesn't take all the time. If I follow this with my daily routine, right? Daily rhythms and routines feed into monthly, seasonal, all that is that now because of this deep sense, I actually have tattooed on me now to me and through me to remind myself because when I get out of the way, it just flows. Yes. Because I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Just like so many of your women. So now there's this trust when I sit down to write that email because my care is so deep, my purpose so clear and that trust is there. It takes no time at all. And then I get to go play. (laughs) Right? 
And that's right. the core of productivity, right. purposeful productivity. I'm going to give you a real life example of this, of something that you and I had touched upon before we pressed record. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about the Meditation for Women podcast, which is a relatively new podcast that I had launched under the Women's Meditation Network. And I was very authentically telling Pleasance that creating the content writing and then recording those meditations are proving to be one of the most challenging things that I'm doing right now. But I told her, I said, one of the reasons is because I have not been scheduling that time in accordance with the energy I know that I'm ready to have it. Yeah. What that means to me, and I've talked about this many times, is that super early mornings before the family gets up, when the sun is still down, they tend to be really creative and juicy and fresh times for me. And that's when I know I need to do this work and I just haven't done it. I am trying to do it in the afternoons or whenever I might fit (laughs) in around all of the other things. And guess what? I'm not in the right energy for that. I'm stressed out because I need to do it and record it right away in order to get it out on time. Or I'm mentally and emotionally drained from meeting with all these amazing clients for the day. And it becomes like I am not setting myself up to let this stuff come to me and through me. I love that. So... Yes. And that's the practicalities of using this wisdom and implementing it into how you are structuring your days, your weeks, your months, your years, so that you're optimal at all times. And optimal, by the way, doesn't always mean productive. It just means that you are in line with what energy that you have with what you want to be putting out there. I can't remember if we talked about this before, but the doshas show up in times of day. Mm. So the reason that early morning time is so sacred and special is because it's our vata time of day. It's actually our time when we're most connected to source and spirit and energy and our own dharma, our own true nature, our own gifts, our own intuition, our guidance, our internal guidance, which always knows the best thing for us (laughs) when we stop and pause and listen to it. I don't even say pause and listen. I say develop a loving relationship with her. I am my best friend. I trust myself. And that didn't come because I just met her yesterday, right? Or I just started listening to her yesterday. It came because of this consistency with asking questions, showing up, and checking in with her. That happened at the Vata time of day, which is why for thousands of years, again, wisdom traditions, the teachings have been get up 5.30 to 6 for Pittas, 6 to 6.30 for Vatas, and 4.30 to 6 for Kaphas, right? And again, don't put yourself in a box. We're all a mix of all of them. I'm just telling you some guidelines so you can try some things on. Most people are shocked. And now that I've been teaching this for so many years and so many women, they're always that get the funniest texts. I can't believe I'm getting up so early and I feel so energized. I say, cause yeah. you're getting up with the energy of movement of Vata. It's when we cross over to Kapha time, which is next, which usually happens right after sunrise. And again, it depends where you live to talk about actual times, but that's when the Kapha comes in, which is a little bit heavier. And if we kind of miss that window, that's when we're super tired. The other time of day when it happens is pitta time of night. So we have two cycles of each dosha throughout 24 hours. But Mm -hmm. the other most common one for business owners is pitta kicks in again at 10 o'clock at night and 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is our digestion. I mean, that is a time when girlfriends need to be sleeping 
because all the magic for the digesting of our emotions and our blood cleansing and our tissues are being clean. Our brains are getting those showers. Like all the good juju physiologically is happening between 10 and two with that pitta. And how many people at 10 o'clock get that second wind and then they're riding pitta energy. They're riding the intensity and then they can't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I get into this where like, there are times where I'm like, I'm in it. I'm just going to ride it and that's fine. But that doesn't work long-term, right? Like I can't be doing that yeah. every single night. I would not do that chronic because Ayurveda is a system of mind body medicine. It's just not how we're built. That's not what's natural and harmony. And if we look at what's happening physiologically, it doesn't happen any other times of the 24 hour cycle. So if you miss the 10 to two, I am pretty anal with my people. Guys, please don't do that. Yeah. Nothing says that's good for your health ever. Mm. So I live by 80, 20 in business yep. and in life. Yep. Everything. So, yeah, 80% of the time, please yep. be in bed and, and really set your intention to be sleeping before 10, before that pitta comes in. It's as a commitment. It is of service to my business. Yes. To my family. That's the ultimate thing that I really want to make clear here is that this is not soft stuff. Like this is stuff that absolutely has immediate impact on how you're showing up for your business, how you're showing up for your clients, how you're showing up for your family, how you're showing up. The work to do the self-care to figure this stuff out has very realistic impact on literally everything that you're doing in this world. Yes. And if you love your work and you love your family and you love your life, why would I argue with what I can feel and what the science says, right? It's both. It's the experiment and the research. And I'm obsessed with both and the intersection of both. And it feels like the biggest commitment. I told Katie before we started recording that like lately, I just really do everything in honor of 80-year-old Pleasance. I just want her to feel healthy I want her to be still teaching and writing and leading retreats. I just see her like I'm all gray hair and it's braided and it's long (laughs) and it's flowing and I just float and I teach and I serve and I hug women and we circle. I do all the things I'm doing now, but I just want to continue to do it for another 40 years. And you know what that means? I'm not up at 2 a.m. on my computer because that's not in honor of 80-year-old Pleasance. That's going to hurt her. I love that exercise, by the way. That's such a powerful exercise. Yeah. And picture them, right? Like see them in your mind, like hold her in your heart, talk to her, live your life for her. What a privilege that would be. I want to still have my businesses then, you know, I have, I don't even know what the word retire like that, like, ah, that would be my worst nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. I think everyone listening is like in that thought process with you. Right. I want to conclude us by giving a real practical example of doing this work. Tell me what does this look like for you right now after having been a business owner in many different ways over the past 10 years? Yeah. Who are you in your business right now? How does this show up for you as you conclude 2018, are preparing for what's to come in 2019? How does doing this work show up for you in the sense of like, how do you know what you're doing next? And how do you know how to prepare for that? And in what intensity that you prepare for that? I really see my planning rituals and routines as just sacred divine feminine time. And what I mean by that is I take out the calendars. I'm very intentional. I have a September, full October, November, December. I map them out. I have this really 
solid sense of real time and what expectations are. So in my life, if my highest priority is my family, if I'm going to say that, then they actually need to be the highest priority on that schedule and in the plan. In November, when I'm traveling to Connecticut twice, I'm not going to actually put a bunch of things on the schedule. Family is there and that's what's going to be prioritized. And that means that I have to be very strategic about cash flow and planning for other months if I'm going to be adding anything. Now I really simplified my offers where I basically just focus my attention on my group coaching and Thrive and my private clients. And they're six months and the Thrive group is nine months. So really longer term commitments to each other. The teachings, our lives... It's one of the ways that I can drop the hustle, to be honest. I don't do yep. one ofs. I do a podcast now, which feels of service of people who can't afford and or don't want to afford and or whatever their own thing is. But the podcast is really in service of the teachings and more of the one of style. In practical terms, the planning piece is the key to unlock everything that I can be real with and that's realistic and the things that are not now. So because I do think every business, successful business has a wonderful balance of Vata Pitta Kapha. So I have a notebook called Not Now and all my beautiful, <laughs> wonderful goals <laughs> and ideas and retreats that I'm not finding space for now. They get to live in the Not Now journal and the Not Now book. And I love that book. We hang out a lot together, right? We go to coffee shops together. But that goes over there because that's not in service of my 10 and 7-year-old and my husband and relationship and old dog, blah, blah, blah. All the things we have, right? Right. That intentional planning happens very regularly. Looking at the month. So already I'm mindful. Of course, 2019 is on my mind because I've already looked at the last few months. So I wrote a guide last year called the Plan to Thrive Guide, which is the behind the scenes of how we do this. We look at the seasons, we look at the cycles, macro, micro, and really then put that sort of daily energy. My most important things for each day, my mitts for each day are aligned to what's happening that season and what's happening that cycle. And so when I sit down to work every Monday morning, I have a three hour CEO meeting with myself and it has money all over it because yoga teachers and meditation people never want to talk about money. I love talking about money. So that goes right in the first part of my week. It's the first thing I do because otherwise it's not a business. It's just service. And I should just be community service and make everything nonprofit or give away all my things. You know, like I could make that choice. Yeah. So I think it's about... And if that's going to be the highest priority, it has to be towards the first part of the week. Yep. You've taught all this stuff. You teach it. Where are your priorities? Where is it falling? And this year, in fact, I decided that I just don't want to put my kids in aftercare. I love spending time with them. So I'm taking less clients and I'm picking them up at school every day and everyone is enjoying it. And I had a very honest conversation with my husband about that so that we could together make decisions for our life and decide together what that might look like. Right. If I'm not going to work until five or six, this means two, three clients I won't have. This is the dollars it is. What do we think about that? And just having that, we have a family meeting every week and we just kind of stay attuned to that. So presence. And I don't know anybody who can stay present exhausted. Mm. Oh my God. Say that over again. I don't know anyone who can stay present, exhausted, like comma. I don't. Yeah. It's too hard. It's just doesn't work. 
it doesn't work. And sometimes we have a cycle or a season where we have a primary relationship that is in crisis or chaos and that moves to the top of the priority list, I really, really, really encourage you to look at your goals and look at your values and look at your priorities and look at your clients and your business because the emotional drain of having someone so close to you in crisis is so much. And we don't talk about this in society. We say, what's going on in your business? You're hitting your goals, you're hitting your goals. But right. we're not saying what's happening in your relationships is you, how's your mom's cancer? Yeah. How are you digesting that? Do you have space to digest that? Yeah. And those are the conversations I want us as leaders in business. That's what I want us to be talking about to help each other support each other's whole lives. Yes. The holistic approach to doing yeah. business, you know? Yes. I talk about this all the time, but. Biz Women Rock, we're talking about life through the lens of business because that's what the focus is here, right? Like that's a niche, that's a arena where I feel so passionately that I want to be able to serve. And it's a holistic business. I constantly see this vision of the approach to business as being this yin and yang, right? Like that there's, there's this ultimate balance of life and then the practicalities of business, of emotion and mindset and seasons and circumstances that are happening, of relationships we're moving through, of all sorts of experiences that we're having. And we are constantly needing to have those as a part of the conversation of the business model and the strategies and the marketing strategy and what we're building out. And you and I were talking very honestly about this before we hit record, which was the Meditation for Women podcast and about how I, at this point, after in this moment when we're recording, I want to say it's been out for about 7 weeks. And I had a hundred steps that I thought that I would have yeah. met by now and that I would have traversed by now. And I'm probably on step like two or three. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole hell of a lot of other stuff happening in my life, right? That are all responsible for that. And yeah. that's okay. It's this immense amount of grace for the journey and consciousness about moving through very intentionally with the work that we're doing and releasing the anxiety of have to, have to, have to, right? Yeah. And Ayurveda, like what I've been saying a lot is it's lifestyle, not one more thing. And the more that I embrace that as like, this is the lifestyle of an entrepreneur. Like this is a lifestyle of a mama who's engaged with her kids. This is a lifestyle of a woman who wants a really vibrant, healthy marriage. And it means therapy and it means reading books and it means date nights and it means conversations. It's not one more thing. This is my lifestyle. This is what I do. And that has changed everything for how I show up for them. And then also how I show up for looking towards next year, looking towards the plan, looking towards what may be happening. And I think being flexible is the key. But again, I think that comes from being able to kind of zoom out and see the big picture and pay attention to the ebbs and flows so that if something comes up, someone gets sick or something happens, I'm just like so much more shock absorbent. Oh yeah. You know, I'm like, I I got this. I can handle this. I'll just move this thing or let go of this, or this will change, or that's interesting. And just, just made all the difference. I used to be really resistant and wanting things to be as I have so much pizza and so much drive and energy and goal setting. I mean, not stuff to me now is you have, ah, I can do all that. That's actually not even that interesting to me anymore. So backing off and finding another way of being feels much more interesting, you know? 
I love it. This has been such an incredible conversation of practical how this will show up for you in your life, your calendar, your Mm -hmm. priorities, your business goals, all that sort of stuff. And everything else, just the ethereal of how to be here, not just as a businesswoman, but as a woman in this world who really wants to thrive in every single area of her life, which I know you listening really want to do. Like it's not... The business is just one portal that we get to do that, right? Which is awesome. So I'm hoping that you listening really got a feel for A, how possible that actually is, that there's no such thing as sacrifice in any of that. Oh, in order to have a successful business, I need to work yeah. 90 hours a week, which means I cannot be a present and active mother as much as I want to, right? Or a present yeah. and active family member or that whatever that might mean to you because that's what outsiders might say is necessary in order to have a quote-unquote successful business. You are in charge of designing the lifestyle and as a part of that, the business that you really want. And Pleasant, you've given us such a great foundational start to how we start to go inside and really define those things for ourselves. And doing that in line with nature and doing that in line with our own cycles and our own body and what is best for each of us as individuals. So thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you for being here. I hope you listening totally hear why I like just fell in love with this woman right away. <laughs> there is no such thing as a small talk, right? Like it just goes down to the deep core. No. And, and that's what I wanted you to experience today. So thank you so Aww. much for being here, girl. I appreciate it. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Active Campaign, the only email marketing system you'll ever need. After nine years with the same email marketing provider that I was really, really not happy with, I was desperately searching for one that was simple, easy to manage, and affordable. Active Campaign easily stood out above the rest, and I have been ridiculously happy with them ever since I made the switch. Emailing my community and creating automation series for special resources has never been so simple. Whether you're ready to start your first email marketing setup or you are searching for a new provider, I highly recommend Active Campaign. Go check them out at bizwomenrock.com forward slash AC. That's for Active Campaign. bizwomenrock.com forward slash AC.